0: You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama. A church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Alright my friends, so um, this class, it, the title might be a little bit disrespectful, but God on the go. Sounds like turning God into a fast food chain or something of that nature, but um, but that's not what is meant. So... Here's the, here's the basis and the premise for this class, and I'd be interested to hear. That we're going to start off with a little participation, if you're willing. But um, for some of you, uh, I think this is true for all parents, particularly true for moms. Um, when you first have kids, and it, you know, your life kind of gets, uh, your, all your time is kind of dominated by your kids. right? And the, you know, before you had kids, you had a lot of space, like you had time. They had time where you could, um, time where you might could sit in the morning sit down and like read the Bible or pray or meditate, whatever it may be. And then you have kids and like, for reals, if you can go to the bathroom without an audience, like you, that is a significant win after you've had children. And so, um, so can anybody here identify with this in a way where you have found the reality of just like the com- consistent grind and demands of, um, of having kids has in some ways depleted or disrupted your relationship with God so, show of hand. Anybody like, to, anybody like to speak to that anybody have a comment narrative I'm not staring at you Lauren <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding I throw a job in there too. yeah right yeah because I mean, you already had the job you know, in a lot of cases, well then you have the job and you have the children. And it's, you know, it's uh, I'll say something I consistently hear uh, from people, this is particularly, I can particularly hear from women, is that once you've had kids, you experience a fair amount of distance and alienation in in, in your spiritual life, in your relationship with God. And so, um, and I'll say for myself, um, fortunately I'm a paid Christian, I, get, I follow Jesus for a living, um, so to sit down and read the Bible and like pray is like that's like on the clock work. You know, not a bad gig, not a bad gig. And I like you know have to read my Bible for like for a living. Yeah, you know, I'm constantly having to like study for for sermons and for Bible study lessons and things like that. But I will say that I have found since I've had kids that the majority of my like prayer time is on the go. It's not like sitting down and quietly. Um, spending time with God I am generally, most of my prayer occurs in the shower um, driving, like driving my car that's probably my my most sacred sp- space is in the car by myself that's the quietest time I have um, while I'm swimming while I'm running um, and then sometimes when I'm doing something semi-constructive around the house um So a lot of times we can think that that's irreverence or that's like, you know, be team time with God, Uh, that that's not, you know, acceptable. I think that a lot of times there's a very, we got a lot of times we have a very narrow paradigm of what like a faithful devotional life looks like, thinking that if I'm not sitting down in a chair with a devotional or with a Bible and praying in a solitary manner, That that's like that's the only way that you can actually connect with the Lord. Well, what I want to talk about today is to look at how in the Bible um, you actually have a lot of examples of fellowship, um, fellowshipping with God, uh, fellowshipping with God that is on the go, that is like in the hustle and bustle of life. And so I want to look at a couple of those, um, a couple of those examples. And if anybody needs a sheet sheet, we have worksheets over there. Um, but a couple of examples, and then uh, this is going to be a very practical class. All right? So with that being said, the first example of connecting with God on the go is... Um, yeah, sorry. And so the point of this is so that you would understand, like, number one, you feel a sense of grace an acceptance of, like, yeah, my, my prayer life is pretty much when I'm folding laundry and washing clothes. Um, or when I'm, like, driving or when I'm jogging. Like, that's where I connect with God. For you to say, like, yeah, that's totally good. Like, that's totally totally biblical, totally acceptable. Um, all right, so first, you see there's a whole section in the Psalms that's called Psalms of Ascent. Psalms of Ascent were um, psalms uh, that were used that were sung, that were prayed while traveling to the temple. The temple uh, in Jerusalem was at an elevated, um, elevated altitude. It's up on a hill. And so, the ascent is, you know, at a physical level, is referring to the journey up to the temple, up to Jerusalem, to go commune with God. And so, um, you can see here in, in Psalm 122, it says, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord, Our feet have been standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together, to which the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. So you can see here he's talking about, the speaker is talking about uh, the journey. I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Um, And there's... uh, there's this expectation of you know, in the, the temple was the very presence of God, and so there was this kind of joyful, um, joyful expectation that he would experience God's presence in a life-giving way um, when they were when they arrived in Jerusalem um, at the temple. Uh, and so, verse six: Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be within your walls, and security within your powers. For my brothers' and companions' sake, I will say, Peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. And so, this is a psalm that would have been read while they were traveling, while they were on the go. And like I said, there are about a dozen psalms of ascent. Here's another one, Psalm 121, that a lot of people are familiar with. I think this was actually the lectionary reading last, um, last week. Um, I lift my eyes up to the... Oh, it says a song of ascent. So this is a song meant for the journey to the temple. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. Alright, so this um, traveling um, in the ancient Near East was dangerous. Um, it was uh, it was always a sense of threat. So you had to think that all the people of Israel would make a journey to Jerusalem. Um, and Jerusalem wasn't necessarily super centrally located geographically within Israel. Um and so they had to travel to get to the temple, and there was, you know, there was an anxiety that was involved because it's not like there were state troopers. Um, there were there was a lot of issues with robbers and bandits who on the road would take advantage of and harm travelers. You may be familiar with the story of the, the Good Samaritan who gets beat up on the road. Uh, that's not like a that would not that's I'm not saying that happened to everybody, but that would not that was not an out out of the ordinary thing for that kind of thing to happen. So you can see here um, that some of this has to do with the anticipated danger uh, that, that they'll encounter along the way. Uh, and so this you know, this question of where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. There's this affirmation of who God is. Um, who God is to one, affirm that it's worth it to go to the temple, and number two, to give them a sense of peace and comfort as they travel along the way. So first thing there is Psalms of Ascent, an example of uh, prayer on the of uh, prayer on the go that is like God here through the Psalms providing constructive um, constructive means of connecti- connecting with the Lord while doing something that actually is pretty laborious pretty strenuous to to travel back in that day. Okay, another example here uh, is Deuteronomy six verses six through nine, and this is a pretty well known uh, text from the Bible. Uh, this, is, this is more about uh, discipling kids, like spiritually investing in kids, just in the, in the day-to-day nitty-gritty of life. Um, but you can see here, starting in verse 6, "...and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children." And now notice just the organic, like organic in the, mix of, in the mess and the mix of life. "...and shall talk of them when you sit in your house." And when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So you can just see here, this is an example of like spiritually investing in kids in the organic situations of life. You know, And that's usually when, it prob- when, when like, these kind of sp- either spiritual conversations about God... Or it's like life lessons about you know character and growth as a person they usually tend to happen in the just kind of the mix you know it's rare it's let I don't say it's less effective but it's rare that you have the like circle the wagons team meeting kids we're gonna talk about X you know it's usually when you're driving down the road or in the backyard or um, you know there's a scuffle in the bathroom, a scuffle over the dinner table. Um, yeah. When that stuff tends to happen, and so, "Look, like uh, you shall talk to them when you sit in your house." So it's just sitting around. When you walk, by the way, when you're traveling, when you're driving carpool, um, when you lie down, like at night. Uh, how many of you kids? How, how many kids? How many of y'all have kids? Where like it's bedtime, and that's when the existential questions come up. <laughs> <laughs> It's and it's hard to know if that's when the like the just kind of the existential cream rises to the top, or if your kids are just sensational. All kids are great negotiators, and they can like filibuster bedtime, you know, like no other. But I don't know, but it happens um, when you rise, like when you wake up in the morning. Um, and then you know, notice it says, "You shall bind them as a sign on your hand." and They shall be frontless before your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. I, 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 you know, I don't know if any of you are write Bible verses on the mirror or write quotes on the mirror kind of people. Um, but that's like very constructive, you know, um, very constructive. Like everybody gets in front of the mirror, and some of those like I think it's going to be particularly constructive for for kids, uh, early adolescents and then adolescent kids because their bodies are changing so much. They're so conscious about their appearance. And that's a, very, that's a new thing for them. And so as a product of that, for them to have reminders about that they're wonderfully made by the Lord, that, you know, that they're sacred and precious, that they're, you know, that they're loved by the Lord and that's where their identity is, um, to have those on a mirror can be, really, can be really helpful. But it can be really helpful for us too. You know, it could be really helpful. I have a, I have a couple of reminders on my phone that um, that are that are meant to kind of that that come up every day at a certain time that are meant to remind me of like, okay, what is your priority today? Stay close to the Lord. And then uh, Lauren will tell you that this this reminder is not terribly effective. But I have another reminder on my phone that comes up around 5:15, like before I return home. That's like. Uh, are you going to, I think I literally say, are you going to piss away your life on idols? Which means, which translates, are you going to go home and continue working and ignore, and blow off your kids and just, you know, your idols of production and success and all that kind of stuff. Are you going to waste your kid's childhood doing that? So, that, you know, the reminder comes up and sometimes it sticks and, and most of the time it doesn't. But... Um, but anyhow, this is, on, this is again on the go. Last thing here, last example of uh, edification on the go, uh, the travel narrative, that's a, uh, that's a section in all the synoptic gospels. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There's, um, you generally have like Jesus' ministry in Galilee in those. And then there's the turn. And the turn is when Jesus turns to go to Jerusalem. And uh, there's a, a lot of teaching that occurs on the journey to Jerusalem uh, which ends on Holy Week, where Jesus is crucified. So, like in Luke, it goes all the way from Luke nine all the way to nineteen forty seven. Like Jesus was teaching his disciples literally, like while they were walking to Jerusalem. So it was very on the go. But let's you now let's think about this more from the perspective of the um, the perspective of the disciples. They were receiving God's word. They were receiving God's teaching as they were traveling and making their journey to Jerusalem. That they were being edified and sanctified in that. um, And they were fellowshipping with the Lord. So, all that to say that um, encouragement that if most of your prayer life is on the go, then that is something that God, like, sees. And God actually wants to kind of... um, what would be the term, kind of like provide resources for, for lack of a better term. And then secondly, uh, to also kind of give us a permission to maybe even be creative, to be creative in how we can leverage some of that on-the-go kind of time, Um, some of that on-the-go kind of time to turn it into a time that's spiritually edifying for you. Because I would say that probably the best thing you can do for your own kid's life Is for you to be in a good place spiritually. Um, The the better place you are in spiritually and emotionally, the more patient you're gonna be with your kids, uh, the more kind you're gonna be with your kids, the more perspective you're gonna have, um, the more gentle you're gonna be. This is the fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit is to be loving, joyful, peaceful, good, kind, patient, self-controlled, gentle, and faithful. And so the fruit of the Spirit comes when we are close to God the closer we are to God, the, the, the more those attributes of character that we really want to have with our kids are going to manifest themselves. And so, with that being said, let's look at some examples of God on the go. Um, these are some examples that I hear from other people's lives or that I even experience for my own life where you kind of, um, you can just be creative in turning the on-the-go moments of life into something that's edifying. So, One example is listening listening to the Bible app. I don't know if anyone has the Bible app, um, but it is, I mean, I'm going to hold it up like you could see it, but anyhow, you can't see it. We're all old, none of us can see. (laughs) (laughs) Let me put on my glasses, Cameron! (laughs) Anyhow, um, all the men are old. The women, of course, are very young, of course. Um, Obviously, Avi. Anyhow, but the Bible app, I strongly recommend downloading it. Um, the Bible app—it uh, has the whole Bible on there. It has a million translations, but it has this great feature where you can just hit play, and some person with a very dignified voice uh, reads scripture out loud. So, um, so it, it could be you know either with AirPods in or on your phone. While um, I mean, I'll say a lot of times when I get when I'm in like kind of like a bad place that I don't have enough time. To really sit down and spend time with God, even on the clock as a paid Christian, um, I will listen to Psalm one twenty-one, which is like the longest Psalm in the Bible. But I'll play it, and um, and something about listening to that is pretty edifying for me. So, um, so yeah, I mean, to if if it's like washing dishes or straightening up or you know fixing your hair, putting on your makeup, whatever it may be by like listening to the Bible app, it can be really, really edifying just to listen to the Word. And quite honestly, for the majority of church history, the way that people have received Scripture is oddly. Aud- is they, um, they haven't necessarily... Throughout most history, most people are not literate. And so most people had Scripture read to them. They either heard it in church or they had a literate person read the Bible to them. So with that being said, um, just having that playing can be really edifying. Uh, that can be also true. In addition to that, it's not on here. But how many anybody here listen to like podcasts of sermons? That yeah, can be really, really helpful. I know when I um, when I jog, which is, I mean, it's like a human rights crisis. I'm such a pitiful jogger, but um, but I like to listen to sermons when I jog, and that can be that can be pretty edifying for me. And there, you know, there are certain. Um, I know the Advent has a lot of good material. You can also go to like Gospel Coalition has a bank of a gazillion sermons that are generally good, and then you know you might even have like you know a friend who goes to church and they've got a great preacher. I listen to my the sermons from my old pastor in Charlotte, North Carolina, um, from Hope Community Church, Mark Upton, who spoke at the family retreat this year. Um, But I listen to his sermons a lot of times when I when I jog. So that's another example. Oh yes, that's true. I will say Rooted Conference, the Rooted Conference podcast has all of our um, conference audio, and um, that stuff is gold. It's really, really good. I mean, you can listen to the Rooted Parent podcast with the big C and the team mom, but that might be a little self-aggrandizing. Um, uh, anyhow, but yeah, that's, if anybody's like, hey, give me some podcast, I, I, I can, The Mocking, Mocking Pulpit. Mocking Pulpit has a ton of good content as well. So, afterwards, if you, wanna, you can come up to me, text me, email me, I can load you with a dozen great podcasts that have great material. It'll be really, it'll be really encouraging and grace-filled. All right, next, uh, breathe prayer. Um, this, is, um, this one and the one-minute reset prayer. It's, uh, I think it was a student who actually told me about this. Uh, so basically, when you have transitions during a day. So it's like, you know, you finished up a meeting, you're about to go start another meeting. You, um, you know, you've uh, you have gone you've gone to the grocery store, run a bunch of errands. You get back in the car to drive home. Um, a bunch of kind of like transitions that you have in your day. Um, the, a per, there's someone who recommends doing a one minute reset prayer. And so basically, like, sit down and and uh, breathing like slow, deep breathing is actually really helpful for this because it slows down your body physiologically and psychologically. It takes us out of that kind of fight or flight mode. But breathe prayer like one, one example of this um, we have I know we have at least one person who grew up Catholic. Anybody else here who grew up Catholic? Um, the Lord is kind and merciful. So you know that's, that's like a refrain that's that's, that's said a, a oftentimes liturgically in the Catholic Church. Um, there's another one the Jesus prayer Lord Jesus Son of God Have mercy on me, a sinner. And you just sit down for a minute and take in a deep breath. Lord Jesus, Son of God, breathe out. Have mercy on me, a sinner. And just one minute for a reset, slow down, and whether it's the Lord is kind and merciful, or Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner, whatever it is, whatever it is that, um, like, Lord Jesus, you sit upon your throne. You are in control. Whatever the statement may be, that's true, and that is that really reminds you of who God is, um, and His goodness and His love towards you. Um, sit down for one minute, breathe in, breathe out, say it repeatedly. Um, next, uh, prayer on the road. Um, here's one. So I will tell you. Sorry, this is this is really going to disappoint you. Um, I am terrible about if someone's like. Pray for this, I'm really terrible about remembering to do that. Like I generally will do that right on the spot because I know I'm gonna to forget to do it down the road. But I will say if you do you know you have people where it is really important, like I really do need to pray for this person, I will designate places on the road where uh, that I on the, you know on the on the routes that I drive a lot where I will pray for people every time I go through that stoplight. So I have a friend, his mom has brain cancer. Uh, he uh, grew up in Dunbarton and I go into Brookwood Forest every day. I have to, um, I drive through that light that goes into Dunbarton off of Overton Road. And so I pray for him, his family and for his mom every time I go through the light. I have another friend she lives off of Overton Road. She's in a very, very, very um, very difficult situation. And so every time I turn a certain corner on Overton Road, I like pray for her there. So, you know, if you're, if you're in terms of praying for other people, that's just a, just just a thought, uh, like a, a physical, concrete place on the road uh, to, that might you know remind you of that person. That's a way to remember to pray for other people. All right, moving along. All right, hey, last thing here. Um, I'll say, I don't know. This is I think this is true for a lot of people, uh, true for a lot of folks that you just like if you sit down to pray, you just don't necessarily even know where to start. Um, and I and know also, too, like, with busy life, it's just hard to still your mind. And so if your mind's kind of racing all the time, and you're kind of thinking about all the things you got to do and all the different situations in life, it's really hard, kind of clean slate, to pray. And so I have, um, I've listed a few of these on this sheet, uh, but I have, a, I have like, a, a whole packet of these. And these are just kind of like pre-scripted prayers for certain things. And so I started this, I, I had that that trouble sometimes of like, where do I even start? And um, I have a tough time, I, I have racing thoughts a lot, so I have a tough time stealing my mind. And so I started just kind of like writing down, like, this is something I should pray for every day. or These are things that are helpful to pray for. And I just like wrote them down on my notes app. Um, and so... I would pull out my notes app, different times, and I would just kind of use those pre-written prayers. It's kind of like personal liturgy, if you can say that. Um, but uh, yeah, and and so after a while, I got to a point where I kind of memorized it, just because I was praying it the same thing, and um, and kind of having like pre-written prayers that um, that are just help helpful in giving me a place to start. So, example of this, um, the one-minute prayer reset. Um, Deep breath. Father, Son, Father, send your Holy Spirit that I may follow Jesus. I take a deep breath. Jesus, I love you. Father, I love you. Holy Spirit, I love you. <coughs> take a deep breath. I repent from control. Spirit, help me to let go. Surveying the world around me, trying to control the world. I hand over control to you. I bless you for your sovereignty and your goodness. Deep breath. I am safe in your love. I'm safe in your companionship. I'm safe in your sight. My worth and identity are safe in your blood. Deep breath. I am powerless over my sin. Grant, my, grant me grace and power to resist and repent. Deep breath. Please give me deep peace in the gospel, deep hope through the resurrection, deep joy in union with Christ. Deep breath. Okay? So that's one, you know, that's one I do a lot of days as just kind of like a, a place to start. Sometimes I do that while I'm unloading the dishwasher, not to suggest that I do that more than once or twice a week, to be honest. TBH. Last one here, prayer for wisdom. Um, the, you know, I do this every day, like needing wisdom and decisions and so on and so forth. Uh, and these, this has like a number of Bible verses. This is a number of Bible verses that have to do with seeking the Lord's direction and wisdom. And then, and then and so the S is like the scripture. And then the R is um, the R is like the prayer in response to that. So, this is from John 10. The sheep hears words and he calls them sheep by name. Sheep obey his words, for they know his voice. Jesus, be my good shepherd. May I hear your voice clearly today. Next, lean not on understanding, but trust in the Lord and acknowledge him in all your ways. Till he'll make straight your path. That's from Proverbs. <laughs> God, help me to trust you and to acknowledge you in everything I do today. Make my path straight. Um, scripture I am the one who teaches you the prophet. I'm the one who shows me where to go. Lord, show me where to go. Lead me in the most prosperous path according to your will. Uh, next, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That's from Psalm 23. Preaching on that next week. Response, God lead me in paths of righteousness today for your glory. And then finally, the sheep hear my voice and I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish and no one shall ever snatch them from my hand. Uh, Lord, may I hear your voice. Will you lead me into eternal life? So anyhow, a lot of times having these pre-scripted prayers for yourself and having it on your notes app can just be helpful and giving you a place to start. So, this was a very, very just nuts and bolts, nothing fancy uh, encouragement of how to, with a busy life of like work and kids, where you really don't have a single minute to like sit down and be still, um, just encouraging that uh, you can, that, a, that a, a, a devotional life with God can, can really be constructively pursued and can flourish like, on the go. And um, and to, to give you permission to be creative in that. And if you, I have a whole packet of these little pre-written prayers. There's a prayer book called the, you know, that you got upstairs that we use every Sunday. Okay. That's got a lot of prayers in it. Um, and so, yeah, if anybody has any questions about this, want to grow in this, if I can help you in it, <coughs> holler at a brother. Like I said, I'm a professional Christian. I'm here to help. <laughs> um, so let me, um, let me pray for you all. And um, thanks. Thanks for your time. But we're about to start a pretty cool, oh, well, I don't want to say cool, um, another v- very practical series that'll be next week. It's going to be about how to protect your kids from, uh, from sexual abuse. Uh, the, um, God Made All of Me. That We'll talk about that book. Two pediatricians are going to teach that and also how to teach your kids how to respond when they see inappropriate or troubling material on the internet. So just some tools we think every parent would be helpful for every parent to have. And then the next week, um, I'm on this like, technology bender right now. And so, um, and, and I, think, I can't remember if it's Palm Sunday, I think it is. I'm gonna do a class about principles for um, safely um, and in a healthy manner introducing technology to your kids. And then the last series for the year uh, is going to be hard things we should probably say to our kids. That'll be that'll be rich. Anyhow, uh, let me pray for us, dear God. Um, thanks, uh, thank you that you're with us at all times. That there's no place we can go that you don't follow us. Um, there's no place we can go where you aren't. Um, and I thank you that, um, that yeah you're a good shepherd, that you're a friend who walks with us day by day and that we can talk to you. And so, Holy Spirit, um, I pray that you would guide us in fellowshipping with uh, with you, the Spirit, the Father, and the Son. I ask these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.